right after a international convention a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting here looking out the window and listening to contemporary gospel music and thinking, Lord, it takes it all to reach all people. I consider myself an old soul in this generation of new kingdom. When you think about the definition of the word contemporary, it means belonging to or occurring in the present, which is a derivative of the word temporary. Beloved, what does that say about the future? Truly, I get tickled when I hear statements as, it doesn't take all that. Time out for tradition. We need to adapt. My spirit and heart yell in tandem as I hear in my mind our ancestors yell, Lucia. Yes, I touch and agree with you, church mothers, spiritual fathers, and deacons and deaconess of our foundation. Lucia, what are you doing? I have a disconnect with all of you that are conforming to the times or feelings of this generation and generations to come. Can you seriously connect to the scripture, Hebrews 13 and 8? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Or, very familiar, Romans 12 and 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What does this scripture represent to you as a leader, teacher, or simply a follower of Jesus? Unlike our own life or earthly leaders, we will disappoint and continually change. But beloved, Jesus is the one steadfast and unchanging anchor and rock who can hold our lives together. His love and compassion for us does not change and neither should the way we commune and relate to this world of darkness and spirituality of acceptance. Now, I will agree that this love connects to each one of us individually, but what does it say about conformity? Hmm. I'm asking because I truly don't understand or connect to this mindset of anything goes. I was raised in a holiness church, the grand church of God in Christ. The word, ministry, and absolute endearment of holiness defined by the King James Version is the state of being holy, purity, or integrity of moral character, freedom from sin, and sanctity. Applied to the supreme being, holiness 
denotes perfect purity or integrity of moral character, one of his essential attributes. Whoo, that alone shakes my spirit. Do you see what I see? Do you feel what I feel? I'm not trying to be difficult or condescending to those that go against what is scriptural. I'm trying to understand the state of the church, the organization. We cannot promote the God of hope and we are walking around looking like we are begging, lost, and the same as the people we are trying to share salvation with. If I can just indulge you for a few minutes, some of us are made up so well. We look like the women that are clubbing and offering services for companionship in our stylish bodycon dresses and midriffs. And even our young men with their tight and alluring trousers and tight-fitting jackets that press out the shape and realness of their brand and fortune. Wake up and look in the mirror. What are you reflecting? We walk around with phrases like, God is dope. Do you know the meaning of dope? The Oxford definition of the word is a stupid person. And some refer to dope as being cool, down with the times. But yet we are so wise in connecting to unbelievers that we would be so connected that we would belittle our Lord and Savior for the life that God has created for us so that we, beloved, would have the ability of salvation. Oh, help us, God. God is good, kind, a healer, a deliverer, a burden bearer. He is the strong tower, the king of all nations. He is the beginning and the end. I can go on and on. That's the coolness or the greatness of the God I serve. We should not delineate his name to fit anyone's connection, but teach the purpose of connection to his greatness for who he is. Our praise teams are no longer devotional leaders. They are on for a set to incite us to the latest bounce, stomp, and cheer that doesn't even represent the holiness sound of victory. Now think on this. Some of our leaders have even fallen prey to that connection because as they say, they are pleased. Woe unto you. Is God pleased? Yes. Scripture tells us that God inhabits the praise of his people. Question this. If our ears are hearing what our flesh connects with, isn't it more of a reflection to the spirit of man rather than the doctrine to which we are professing? Recently, I experienced a group rehearsing who didn't even know the foundational hymns which our salvation is built. Shame on us. Hymns are built on scriptures. We have allowed this generation to conform us to a sound not of God, but based on a beat which connects and opens the doors of a worldly portal rather than building and engaging the spirit of holiness to which we have been commissioned. Lord, help us. 
Yes, I will admit, as a 50-something evangelist, born and raised in the Kojic Church, with a heritage of bishops, superintendents, pastors, elders, evangelists, and deacons while growing up, I was taught with the mindset, if you cannot take the heat, get out of the kitchen. We beloved, it gave me value. It gave me tenacity. It taught me holiness and how to conform to the word of God by conviction and not to what my flesh connected to with the scripture says, with as scripture says. And first, Peter 15 through 17. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judge it according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. I read this from one of my commentaries and I wanted to share this context summary. First Peter 1, 13 to 25 describes how Christians, those God has caused to be born again, should live now. We must mentally engage in setting all of our hope in God's future grace for us. We must choose to act as those who are God's own people rejecting the evil desires that drove our actions before we knew better. Therefore, let's remember, beloved, our choices matter. Whether it be our words, worship, dress, and connections, our God placed a high value on our lives, paying for them with the blood of Christ. Since God has made us able We must now strive to earnestly live in the ways that are commanded of us. As you hear these words today, my earnest prayer is that you, the believer, encourage others and train up others to love God and teach them not to fall prey to conformity. Remember Romans 12 and 2. Be encouraged and know that God loves you and so do I. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, forgive us this day for known and unknown sins against you in our actions, thoughts, and words. Teach us thy way and order our steps. Help us to apply your word to our heart with clarity and wisdom. Help us to respect the sanctity of holiness and apply it to our lives, just as our forefathers. Father, you are the joy of our salvation the peace of our mind, and we ask that you apply your word to our heart and save us the more and use us to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, this is Evangelist Robinson, and I thank you for listening, subscribing, and supporting to the Prayer Power and Praise podcast. But most importantly, I pray that these words would encourage you to apply them to your heart, that you may see the realness of God and that you may show love to your brothers and sisters along the way. As we like to close out in our prayer meetings, 
Continue to share the hope of God with all those that you encounter. Beloved, go in peace. We'll chat soon.